And our second scripture reading comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toll? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. Perceived, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good things as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endure forever, nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it, so that people fear before him, that which is already has been, that which is to be, already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I always like to start before I preach with the, that piece, Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Kevin put together the worship service, and Kevin picked the, hy the hymns and the scriptures. And then he gave me the sermon title and says, okay, work with it. Well, in working with it, I thought there was another piece of scripture I'd like you to hear. It's John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9a. Hear these words. Now in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethsaida, which has five porticos, and in these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been there ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Lord, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat and walk. At once the man was made well. He took up his mat and he began to walk. I brought this up because 
one of the questions that when Jesus was on trial and at other times in the Bible it mentions the question is why was he lame was his hand made deformed because of a sin of his parents or his grandparents is the sin rolling downhill generation after generation is you know why do these things happen and for those of you who happen to be in the kind of places where you run across uh, atheists who are disagreeable well is there any other kind oh well uh, but they ask why does God let this happen why did God let this two-year-old suffer why did God make you know this woman why did she lose her husband they ask all the why questions because they want to blame someone well it comes from real goods heritage uh, I found out that Fred here hi Fred Fred is Jewish and one of the things that you that we find when we look at the Old Testament is the Hebrews believed in the concept of first cause am I correct okay <laughs> meaning God causes everything no matter what you think about no matter what scenario you can come up with God causes it because God threw the book to the ground because God created gravity God created the book because God created the tree that made the paper that the book is made out of God created me and gave me the thought to drop the book everything goes back to being God well that's a really good excuse to not take responsibility for anything you do it's always God's fault and then Kevin gives me a sermon title everything happens for a reason okay if you can accept that blanket statement as being the gospel truth can you raise your hand for me because I need to talk to you because I need to understand how you got there because I can't get there everything does not happen for a reason when a building or let me let me rephrase that I didn't mean to say it that way everything does not happen for a good for a purpose because that's what they want to say God it's always God's God can take anything and make it good there's nothing good about a building falling down there's nothing good about a two-year-old being hit being run over by a car what there is is God who is there with us the purpose of God of Jesus Christ 
The purpose of the Spirit is to strengthen us for what the world throws at us. Because even God acknowledged that Satan was the ruler of the world until Jesus came and drove him, or is in the process of driving him out. But he still has a presence here. Satan still lives in us. Evil exists. So we have to be very careful how we use those terms. I, I haven't been a pastor very long. And I literally, I, the reason I keep using the, the age of two is I wound up with a two-year-old with cystic fibrosis, which if you know anything about the, the disease, there's nothing pretty about it. It is, it's a horrible, horrible diagnosis to receive and to watch somebody live through. And this two-year-old died. And at the funeral, a woman came up to the mother and went, God needed another angel. The mother left the room and never came back. She also never came back to church. Because we don't know how to respond with the, the pain that happens to us in the world, so we try to find a good reason. We, you'll notice the sermon title, if I turn the book right side up, I'd be able to read it easier. It was reason, purpose, or cause. Now we can find a reason for a building to fall down. We can find a cause for a traffic accident. Texting, falling asleep at the wheel. And there are some things we can even find a purpose. But none of this usually winds up at the feet of Jesus of God. What winds up at the feet of God is us in our pain as we try to deal with what the world is throwing at us. Now, I don't know if you could tell last week, but I, I do love music. I find my theology in music. And the Gaithers have a great song. It's called Through. Uh, when I saw what lay before me, Lord, I cried, what will you do? I thought he would just remove it, but he gently led me through. That's Jesus Christ. Not to relieve or to remove all of the pain and agony from our lives, but to be there with us, to lead us through it, knowing we are not alone, which is exactly the message I gave to my sister. I said, Diana, well, I usually call her Diana, I leave the A off. Kind of affected Diana. Said, Diane, you're not alone. I said, call, I've got two other sisters. I said, call them when you need them. I said, they'll drop what they're doing. I said, and if you can't get a hold of them, call me. Whether I have to drive or fly or grab a train, I'll be there for you. 
whatever if you need but know that you're never alone because God is with you also and she says Jim your prayers your answer to everything and I went yes it is because I find in prayer that I can find a strength that I didn't know I had I was driving coming back from a hospital visitation where a very good friend of mine had just died and I had spent time with the family consoling them as much as I could and I was really hoping I could get home so that I could let my wife console me because it was just not a good day and I had Christian radio on and the song when I hurt came on any of you know the song well I won't sing it all for you but the chorus is when I hurt you hurt when I cry you cry when I've lost someone it takes a piece of you too when I fall on my face you fill me with grace because nothing breaks your heart or tears you apart like when I cry. I had to pull the car over because it released in me the pain knowing that my friend who had just died was with Jesus Christ. Knowing that Christ had been with him through all of it didn't cause any of it but was there with him through it. My dad died when I was 26, heart attack. Uh, I had my heart attack when I was 50. That was 23 years ago. Wait a minute, what's today? Today's the second. I actually got out of the hospital after getting my four stents 23 years ago. Today. Oh well. Uh, family members with situations and, and problems, friends situations and problems, just everyday life situations and problems and at no point do I ever say why did you do this to me God? But there are people who do. Why did you do this to me God? because someone told them that God does or has his hand in everything. God causes everything and they took it to heart and so when it hurts it's God's fault. When there's agony or there's death, untimely death, it's God's fault and they don't know what to do with it when they leave when they, when they have that raging inside of them the only thing they can do is reject God because how in the world could you love a sadistic entity that God must be to inflict all of this upon us 
Did God kill two people and, and injure 20 in Baltimore last night? Or was God there with them to give them strength to see the, 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 that Sunday's coming? Another song I love, by the way, Sunday's coming. We've got to be careful about how we use our terminology and what we say to the people around us because we may be using it improperly or they may not understand it the way it should be understood. God is the source of all love. Period. God's will, we should try to live... We should try to live our lives to fulfill God's will within us. Period. God's will for us is to spend eternity in heaven with Him. That's God's will. When Jesus said, Thy will be, not my will, but Thy will be done, it wasn't because God had planned that he be killed. It was that God gave him the strength to endure what humankind was going to do to him. First, we sinned the sin that made his death necessary, and then we put him to death for it. But it wasn't God's will. It was an acknowledgement that it could happen, and unless humankind got smart and, and got clean, it was going to happen. But it wasn't God's will. And I say that knowing that some people are going to dis disagree with me. But as I went through seminary, as I spent my time in prayer, I could not come and wrap my arms around a God who intentionally inflicted pain. I couldn't do it, but I could wrap my arms around a God, or a, better yet, let, a, let God wrap his arm around me when I acknowledged that the pain I was enduring, he understood. That I could, that I could, I could take inside. That could produce a faith in me that can withstand everything. I got to tell you, kind of a funny joke. Uh, district superintendent comes to visit Monday. I had just come back from surgery getting four stents. And any of you who ever had stents, uh, they put this great big hole in your leg and then they put this weight on it and they make you lay very still. Okay? So I'm laying there. A captive audience. Here comes the district superintendent. And after the first 20 minutes, mentally I'm thinking to myself, why don't you leave? Let me go to sleep. And after 30 minutes, he's still here. 45 minutes I'm going, Rod, you don't have to stay. He goes, well, I was kind of hoping to meet your wife. I figured she must have gone down for lunch. And I thought I'd stay until I had a chance to speak to her. And I went, Rod, my wife's at work. He goes, well, what's she doing at work? I said, 
I talked to her on the phone this morning. We prayed, we put it in God's hands. I went to surgery, she went to work. He says, I never. I go, sorry. <laughs> but the thing is, too many of us, we may want to put it in God's hands, but then we also want to take it back. We want to hang on to it. God loves us enough to care for us. So when we put it in God's hands, knowing that He will surround us with love, He will bring peace upon our spirit, then let it go. I always love the phrase, let go and let God. I, I'm sure that Kevin's probably going to wind up preaching on that later this summer. I'm be curious to what he has to say. But you know, there is a, a truism in there that once you honestly and fervently and prayerfully take whatever it is worrying you and you put it in God's hands, then let it go. Because God didn't cause your pain. God is not the reason for your pain. I'm not even sure there's a purpose for your pain. But there is love from God to surround the other three things I just talked about. So I can accept anything that, that, that rolls down the pike at me. I and I'm talking to a bunch of people who are at least my age, if not a little older. And I'm sure many of you have suffered your pains, your anguishes, family members, uh, job situations, life situations. My hope and prayer is that you had someone who could help you direct your inner self to the greater love that, that God has to offer for you. Let you understand the salvation that Jesus gifted you with so that you could step back and say, it's out of my hands, Lord. It's all yours. Because that's the cause of my hope. Jesus Christ. That's the reason I became a Christian because I understood that Jesus Christ gave his life for me. And that be has become the purpose of my life is to proclaim his word and his love to everyone I know. So when it comes to reason, purpose, and cause, that's it. But when it comes to what life has given me, it's me and, me and Jesus Christ, arm in arm, walking together. Isn't there some kind of a... Walking with the something? There's a hymn that works there, and I can't... My, my brain went zip. But my brothers and sisters, know that at no point in your life has God ever willingly caused you grief, pain, agony, depression, because God only wants what's good for you. Lift your hearts and know His love.